You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman today. Joining me is my college quarterback and real-life journeyman, Bruce Gradkowski, And, of course, ATL Shawty's Juju Gotti is in the booth. We talk Aaron's Achilles and the Rogerless Jets. Bruce takes us to grad school and hands out grades through week two. And Juju tells us why the primetime hype train has no stops in sight. That and so much more. Let's get it. Who are these guys? It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. This is an institution of learning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't control it, how can you teach? Discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Journeyman, brought to you by the good folks at the DraftKings Network and Meadowlark Media. As always, I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, seven-year NFL veteran, zero-time nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, That probably tells you a little bit about my personality, but it is what it is. I'm excited Today, because we got two of my favorites joining the show. Number one, my man Juju Gotti, ATL Shawty, WNBA purist and expert of all things sports in the building. And of course, I got my college quarterback here, Mr. Bruce Gadkowski, 11-year NFL veteran, six different NFL teams, University of Toledo Hall of Famer. That's a big deal, Bruce. And also current offensive coordinator for the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL. Bruce, welcome to Journeyman, my dog. Hey, my man. What's up, brother? Good good to be here with you. And uh, very similar career to Tom Brady, Hawk. Yeah. You know, the biggest difference, though, uh, between Tom Brady and I is, you know, I never lost a Super Bowl. So that, Boom. you know what? Undefeated <laughs> in the Super Bowl, that matters. So this show is called Journeyman. I should have had you on way earlier because you might be the prototypical journeyman. Was I right? Six different NFL teams? Something like that. Yeah, I think I think I count five because of the Rams, I never actually made the roster. Okay. But I was there for training camp, so you're right. There you go. I was on the Rams, too, for a day. So I count them in my teams, and I was literally there for, for I think, 32 hours. Bruce, walk us through the life of a journeyman quarterback's mindset. Do you Wait, first off, do you categorize yourself as a journeyman quarterback? I, I think not, but the truth of the matter is I am a journeyman, 
and I'd like to think that I'm not, but Juju, it's the best, man. So Hawk and I roomed at Toledo. You know, we're texting back and forth on and off. I know he's playing in Canada. I don't even know where he's at recently. I just signed with the Bengals. I'm, I'm working out uh, during training camp. Next thing you know, Hawk walks through the weight room and he's just like, hey, what's up, bro? And keeps it moving. And I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, wait, bro, when did you get here? Hey, congratulations, bro. Let's go. When did you get in the NFL? You know what's funny? So, so Bruce was at the bank was my first year in the league. And after college, I went and I played in Canada. I did a bunch of stuff. I did reality TV. So it took me three years to get my first NFL opportunity. And when I got to the Bengals, Bruce was there. Bruce was the number two quarterback. So me being a receiver that's trying to make the roster, me and Bruce basically went together all the time, all through camp, all throughout the season, you know, so it was like the, the literally the best possible situation for me because this is literally my college roommate throwing me all the balls and making sure I make the team. But at the end of training camp, my wife was pregnant. She was my girlfriend then, right? And this is me on the bubble coming from Canada where my salary was $52,000. I got a baby on the way and I got to pay for this baby, right? <laughs> and so they have like the roster cut downs and I get cut. But I got told I was on the practice roster. Now for most NFL players, they're like, damn, bro, you got cut. That, that sucks. Me, I'm like, I just doubled my salary being on practice roster. So I'm, <laughs> right. I'm excited. So me and Bruce were out to lunch with him, and, with him and his wife. He's like, man, that's crazy, man. That sucks you got cut. And I'm like, yeah, and we got a baby on the way. He starts laughing, like, hysterically. Like, <laughs> that sucks. Could you imagine that? You getting cut and having a baby on the way? And I'm like, yeah, nope, I'm serious. And, uh, yeah, now my son is 11, Bruce. And my wife, Miranda's nudging me under the table like, no, he's serious. And you know, <laughs> you, you, you know Hawk. If you know Hawk, he's always playing. And I'm like, he's, de he's dead serious when he says this. And, and how it just rolled off his tongue. I'm like, he's playing with me. Like, he's nope. setting this up like it's the worst thing ever. And I'm like, I'm dying laughing. <laughs> Miranda's nudging me, pinching me. And Hawk's like, no, I'm serious. And I'm like, uh oh. Hey. Oh, bro, that's oh, cool. Shit. That's sweet. <laughs> what are friends for, Drew? You feel me? So, Bruce, you don't consider yourself a journeyman. Why is that? Is it because you felt like your opportunity didn't come for you to be Tom Brady? Be honest. I want everybody to understand this because I don't think people realize. Like, they think most, like, if you're a backup quarterback or, you know, you're not a guy that had a considerable amount of years starting, that you're just okay with it. And I try to explain to them. I'm like, no, man, these guys have all been just waiting for their opportunity to take the league by storm. So, Please give give yeah. me your perspective on that. Well, you know, and honestly, I've never like been asked the question or thought about it in detail. But when when you bring up journeyman, it almost sounds like you didn't legit play in the league. You almost got lucky by bouncing around, and and that's kind of where I kind of feel like when when someone calls me a journeyman, it's like, oh, you're a journeyman. You just happened to play eleven years in the league but you just got lucky because you bounced around from team to team. Right. But then in reality, look, the term journeyman, no, I was. I journeyed around the league. I played for multiple different teams. But the reality of the business, too, and just an example, Hawk, when we were together in Cincy, you know, when I'm getting paid $2 million a year backing up Andy Dalton, who's making rookie minimum, uh, when they realize Andy Dalton's their guy for the future – my second year, I had a two-year contract. Well, my second year after Andy started that whole first year, you know, they're probably thinking to themselves, wait a minute, why do we have to pay him $2 million to back up our starter who's, you Not know, making, making less? <laughs> right. Yeah. So so then, you know, and that's where, like, when my two-year deal is up, 
I remember talking to Marvin Lewis and him asking if I wanted to coach, but I also was like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to, you know, go this route and playing. And, um, you know, but that's what, that's why they want to sign me back, you know, because then the price tag of a veteran backup quarterbacks higher than your starter mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So that's when I go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and finish my career there. Yeah. You're a Pittsburgh native. So that, that was dope. I'm sure uh getting to hold the clipboard in front of your hometown fans that's super dope except i had all my cousins asking for a big ben <laughs> autograph every week hey, you give me a big ben 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 let's talk quarterbacks here man uh let's start with aaron Rodgers because th- this is coming from cap news is what i'm calling this aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who hurt his achilles like four plays into the season i mean you couldn't write this script i mean i hate to see players get cut but that that is literally <laughs> If they really do write the script in the NFL, you talk about you. These guys are on the, on on a path for 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 Emmys right now. So Aaron Aaron Rodgers right. tears his Achilles. We know we've been a part of teams with Achilles injuries. Juju, you you've obviously seen a lot of players tear their Achilles. There is a timeline to come back. It is a year, full stop. That's it. It takes a year to come back from Achilles. Typically, Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat Mack show, and he says he'll be back this season. I call Supreme Cap, and this is my issue with Aaron Rodgers. He is an incredible quarterback. He is super talented. He is one of the best and most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen in this league. He says a lot of bullshit, and I don't feel like enough people tell him that. And I don't, I'm talking about inner circle. I'm talking about elsewhere. There is, I mean, I, I will, I will go in my underwear and run around. On South Beach, which isn't that crazy because I think that's what they do on South Beach. Look, if somebody Aaron Rodgers comes back before you finish, somebody clip this. Clip you, this, okay? You will do what now? I, I will put on a thong bikini. Oh lord! And run around he on went South from Beach. underwear now to. Thong well, I got even, even still, nobody. You got to realize in South Beach, no one's going to look twice at me. That's not even a big deal. There's going to be parts of America that's like, oh, that's crazy. Here, you on the video, you won't even see anybody turn their head. It's just crazy for you to volunteer. But I'm saying that, yeah, it's wild. It's a wild thing to come out (laughs) unprovoked and say that, Juju. I get it. But what I'm saying is there's no way Aaron Rodgers comes back this year because you cannot come back from an Achilles that fast. He said he has an innovative Achilles surgery that, you know, allows him to be back in five months. Matt, our producer, asked a great question. Why would you want a surgery that is described as innovative? Why are you signing up? For that, but I, I, Bruce, give me, give me, give me your 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 perspective on this Aaron Rodgers situation. Well, I mean, I think you're spot on. I mean, first of all, look where he's at in his career, uh, how old he is, what 39 years old, and just coming back from a significant injury like that. It doesn't matter if you're 39 or 21. That's a hard injury to come back from it at full speed. So, in my mind, why even risk it? and the possibility of coming back this year. Just chalk it up as a loss and come back next year. You know, Mm -hmm. if that's your goal, if you're going to still pursue this, which I think he should. You know, I think it'll help the healing process as well if he's motivated and he's, you know, uh, uh, dialed in on what he wants. And if he wants to come back another year, I think that'll help him get back faster and healthier. But at the same time, thinking to come back in five months, you know, because now – if he's back in that pocket, and I know people say, well, he's a quarterback. He could stand back there and throw. You don't realize the the amount of movements that you got to do in a pocket, the the twerking on your ankles, your hips, mm. your arm, your groins, everything. And now you just put the rest of your body susceptible to a different injury. And, 
You know, so I would hate to see him come back this season for his sake because there's no way he'd be able to scramble out of pocket if he needs to. Uh, so just chalk it up as an L. It was a good script writing plan by the NFL. They did incredible. And let's move on. Incredible. Right, my boy was on that he was, that ayahuasca when they asked him <laughs> this question. Because, boy, stop. You come back if you want to. Number one, y'all going to be 1 and 13 if you get an opportunity <laughs> to come back. What's the point? You're not hitting no playoff run. Calm down, Aaron. Get well soon, brother. Do you think he even comes back? Because I, I got Absolute, I, I got a suspicion he's not even going to come back. Because you got, look, I he, he was back. already flirting with retirement before the injury. Yes, he goes to the Jets. He gets a little rejuvenation. At 39 years old, tearing your Achilles, bro. And I think, I, I know he he said he's coming back. And again, very well might. But I, I hope people understand, like, the mental gymnastics you have to do in your head at 39 years old after you've already flirted with retirement to go through what it takes to come back and rehab from an Achilles tear at 40 years old. That is wild. He got the ultimate motivation, though. What is that? You coming out, running with that flag, and you getting hurt like you got. You got nothing but people talking about you on every single channel, how (sighs) funny it was for you to go out in that fashion, how this is. They're going to be talking about him enough. He in a unique position to, to hear the haters and allow that to motivate him. You feel me? Versus a guy riding off into the sunset, and you're gonna be hearing this forever. Yeah. You feel me? I guess. I, I I don't feel the I don't feel the deep motivation, Bruce. What do you think, Juju? I I think you're right in that sense. I've I had people with the game, and they were like, it was electrifying him running out of the tunnel with that flag, and and if he felt that energy, which I assume he did, uh, and he knows what that can be like, man, it just. I feel for him because, damn, you hate to see that, right? Like, you hate to see that, especially, what, 75 seconds into his career as a New York Jet. I I, I do think he comes back. I think he is more motivated. I I don't think he could go out like that. Um, I think what helps him, Hawk, is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, it's funny to me. These big profile quarterbacks, they they are petty as all all get out. Like, they (laughs) – they are they, they love seeing articles. They love seeing media guys talk crap about them because that motivates them. And I think this will motivate Rodgers to kind of prove it. So I think you can help and get on that bandwagon and say he, there's I no see, chance he comes back from I'm this. I'm doing my part. Our Jets fans <laughs> should be thanking me right now. That man is retiring. That grade for that trade is an F minus. <laughs> and I, there's, there, there is no way that this is going to end up in success. So there you go. Clip that. Send it to the Jets fans. Get Aaron Rodgers back. And if they do win the Lombardi, send me my ring. Let's take a quick break. And we're going to get some grades from my man, Bruce Gradkowski, taking everybody to grad school. All right, guys, we talked about Aaron Rodgers going down, him saying he would come back from an Achilles tear within a year, which is crazy. But now the New York Jets have been left to pick up the pieces. There was so much conversation about what Zach Wilson could do, this super talented defense. They went out there versus the Cowboys over the weekend, and they did not look like the same team. As a matter of fact, I tweeted this, and I stand by it, that Zach Wilson played like football was his side hustle, that this is not <laughs> what he does in his, his main time. This is what he does when he has a little bit of extra time on the side, like when you know the wife and kids ain't getting on his nerves, he, he might pick up a film, uh, uh, a book or something like that. So... I want to go through some grades. We got my man Bruce Gradkowski here, a.k.a. Grad School. So I want want to go through some names. I have my own grades written down. Juju, I want you to get you some grades, too, when I say the name. And I want to hear Bruce's grades so far on these coaches and players 
this season. Obviously, he's a quarterback, so we're going to keep it more quarterback-based. And for the ones that I disagree with, I'm going to ask you to show your work, Bruce, because I need you. If your grades are off, I'm going to need you to show your work, brother. All right? Okay. We good here? Sounds good, my man. So let's, let's start right there. Zach Wilson, Bruce, grade him Zach, so far this season. Zach, Zach Wilson's an F. Okay. He's failing in grad school right now. <laughs> mm. um, it, 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 in every every sense of the word, quarterback play. I, I think, you know, it's tough, man, because I've been in that position. I started 11 games as a rookie. Uh, it's get t- it's tough getting thrown in there. But now he's been around for a while, right? Now he's he's been able to play the roles as a rookie, play, get benched. He's been able to sit behind a veteran and watch him play. He's He had this whole offseason to sit back, learn the offense, and get ready for his next opportunity. And now, not only the stuff on the field, though, Hawk, but it's the thing that got me the most is after this weekend, you're going to stand at the podium and say, you know, I was seeing things good. I was seeing things clear for the first three quarters. You know, we just have to... And it's like, no, 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 no. You take responsibility, take ownership. Like I have to be better for my team. Like we're, they're fighting out there. I have to do my job. I can't turn the football over. There's no excuses. I don't care if a, a running back slowed down on that uh, halfback burst that he threw it and got picked. Okay. We could say the running back shouldn't stop. Well, listen, you take responsibility, Zach, and you watch how the guys around you will respond. And I think that's the main thing of playing quarterback and uh, having that sense of ownership to the team in a sense of, look, you're a leader. You need to take accountability before anyone else. Mm. And and that's what's going to go a long way. And that's one of the things that has kind of, you know, had me hesitant on him for a while of just that stuff. Not almost, not the football play. I mean, the dude slings it. He's athletic. He can run. He can make plays. But you can't turn the football over and you got to hold yourself accountable before anyone else. And I think that's the stuff right now in New York that it's tough, man, because they have a good defense. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you watch the game, it's 18 to 10 at halftime against the Cowboys. And how right. that game, how that game ended, it looks like it was a blowout. And right. look, we've we've been around long enough. There's rarely any blowouts in the league. And if you watch that Jets game, Jets and Cowboys, it's 18 to 10 at halftime. It's a football game. And if it wasn't for a bunch of those turnovers, it's still a game. And, you know, it's just unfortunate in that sense. So, look, I'd love to see Zach Wilson succeed, you know, because it's tough playing that position. But I think there's a lot more that goes into it than uh, the X's and O's and, and being behind center on the field. Well, you just gave way too much of an explanation around Zach Wilson. We just devoted way too much of our show <laughs> on Journeyman to Zach Wilson. And I didn't ask you to show your work because I think we all agreed it was an F. Um, they won't win with him. We just spent way too much time and let's spend let's spend two more seconds on Jazz that <laughs> right quick. Let's just refer back to chapter uh two in the book of uh, uh Zach Wilson. Whenever all his teammates was wearing Mike White t-shirts last year, while he was on the team, you feel me? I rest my case. That's how we can move on from Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, that's we, that's facts. We need a Mike White t-shirt in the background there. Let's get spicy here though, Bruce. <laughs> what about Nathaniel Hackett? Great. You know, look, I I I think the quarterback and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grade him. What's the grade first? Mm. Uh, I'm gonna have to say F. Mm. Uh, Damn it, we agree again. Listen, I, I don't, I don't want to. I'd like to say C, 
but I have to, and you know, as we'll get to to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I have to put the two together, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think the sh- the quarterback and the OC go hand in hand, and it's unfortunate. And Hawk, you know, like it's unfortunate, but um, Zach Wilson, a couple other QBs, we'll talk about. They're coach killers, you know, and and you know, you tie yourself to that, like you're you're gonna be out of a job and. Uh, it's tough, but I think I think Nathaniel Hackett personally does a good job. But I think in this really? situation, he's he's got to maneuver fast and find ways to get this offense successful. I'm of the mindset Nathaniel Hackett only keeps getting jobs because he was with Aaron Rodgers for two years. If you show me this 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 the sustained success around Nathaniel Hackett, and I have nothing against Nathaniel Hackett, but he got fired in a year's less than a year's time last year for the first time in. <laughs> decades for the Denver Broncos and now yeah Aaron Rodgers comes back everyone's excited and then now you have Zach Wilson I get it Zach Wilson has not shown to be a starting level level caliber player in the league but for someone who continues to get these very coveted offensive coordinator jobs or get positions and opportunities to be head coaches show me something Bruce as someone who is a coach like at some point you have to show your work which is what this whole segment is about because there's a lot of people who have been getting bad grades for unjustified reasons and aren't getting those opportunities, which leads me to my next one. And I want to hear from both you and you on well, this can one. I, can, I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, so, go ahead. Um, the thing I will say, though, about Nathaniel Hackett is you look back when he was with Jacksonville and he took Blake Bortles in that offense to the AFC Championship game. I, I felt like that's when I was like, man, he's, he's doing a lot game. of I'm like, he's doing a lot of good things. And that's what he has to figure out now around New York. You know, he's got to pull out those bag of tricks that he used for Blake Bortles to get that offense successful because they had a good defense. Now the Jets have a good defense. Now how can they tie that together? It's got to be a team effort. Zach Wilson has to understand, just turn, don't lose the game for your team. Don't turn the ball over. Right. Let the other guys Zach Wilson ain't going to be in there. They, they're going to look for somebody else. And they should because, right. you know, yeah, Michael was on his – no, Bruce. They should not work for and you. Yeah. That is. And stop y'all might want to keep uh, Nathaniel's Hackett's name out of my. You feel me? Around Aaron Rodgers because he don't like that. He don't like. So, see, just, just I'm gonna have a, a bunch of beef. Just reminding y'all. y'all might want to keep his name out of my. I, I I was I was warned to keep my name. What about Eric Bieniemy? Great. Just give me the grade, Bruce. Eric Bieniemy. A. Mm. Dang, that's the same grade I have. I have an A plus. I have an A+. Plus. Nice. There was so much said about Eric Bieniemy not being able to call plays and, you yeah. know, uh, uh, former players coming out and the reason why he's not a head coach and Andy Reid does all the work when every one of Andy Reid's offensive coordinators went on to be head coaches till you got to Eric Bieniemy. So this was actually a great career move by Eric Bieniemy to go put himself in a situation. Nobody was, you know, writing any love letters about the Washington Commanders offense or Sam Howell. As a matter of fact, they thought the complete opposite now. It's only been two weeks. They played two teams that aren't that great in the Broncos uh, and the Cardinals. But as it stands, grading at this point, I completely agree. Eric B. Enemy has been an A, Juju. Yeah, he has. He, I mean, I was watching the Red. I mean, I, ooh, I was watching the Commanders play yesterday. That's a sentence. That's a real sentence in 2023. <laughs> so that alone should be commended. Stat, uh, standing ovation, double salutes to Airbnb. They was talking about you couldn't work with players. They were talking about you couldn't get the respect of men in the locker room. They was putting all that on his name. So we we gotta if we're gonna throw the dirt on him whenever it's it's, it's word in the streets, we gotta give that man salutes whenever he's doing twos and O's. You feel me? I love that it. is 
the commander steel that we're talking about. I love it. All right, next one, Baker Mayfield, well, Bruce. Well, and and real quick, no, you, you don't get to show it. your work at every time. I just want your. <laughs> this is not how this works. All right, we agree. Right. Hey, it, it, Baker Mayfield, okay. Bruce. Okay, Mayfield, <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. I don't want to see your work. I don't care how you got it. Uh, Mayfield, B plus. B plus. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I got A minus for Mayfield. Show your work for Baker Mayfield, Bruce. So Mayfield, look, he he's doing a great job protecting the football. He's making good, clean decisions. Uh, I still see some sporadic throws here and there. But the thing that I give him a lot of credit, when he's getting in those tight situations like the Vikings, a lot of double A gap, uh, blitz looks, everyone's up in there. At times, he got in bad situations. He's not just heaving it up for grabs. He's either dirting it, throwing it away, or he flipped it to his running back. He's making smarter decisions and moves now. The biggest thing I'll say with Baker Mayfield, though, going forward, he's tasting a little success. Don't get in your own way. Just continue okay. to execute this offense. Mike Evans is an absolute beast. Some of those plays he made the other day, unbelievable. Lean on your playmakers. Keep making good, clean decisions. You don't have to do it all, but I, I see Baker Mayfield right now, B+. Plus. He's playing really good football. I like that. I think, I think Baker Mayfield, the thing that he's done best is everything off the field so far. I think he's been humbled a little bit. He's bounced around to three teams now. He's on his way to being a journeyman and was on his way there until this opportunity with Tampa. And I think he's coming here and he's done the right things. He's shut his mouth. He's shown respect. He's just coming and worked. He's uh, gotten the respect of the people in his locker room by just doing the right things. And to your point with the success, can he keep that going? And I have a, a strong suspicion that he will He will do that. Even just hearing him in his post-game interviews and you know, again, just hearing him mic'd up around his teammates, he just seems like a different person, and he's he seems like he's matured so far, Juju. So that's why I got him as an A minus. Agree with everything Bruce said about double A gap blitzes and all that bull that we don't really care about. <laughs> um, but the fact that he's been a good leader is why I'm rocking with Baker Mayfield. What you got, Juju? Right. I mean, he he in a unique one of those unique positions as well, like to get those second and third opportunities. And he fell, he fell flat on his face in Cleveland. He had all the people talking about him in the negative ways. He had the commercials when his team was owing whatever, you feel me? So I feel like life can be one of the, the, the harshest teachers. And I feel like he's taking heed from life. Life done told him, hey, babe, all right now. In the Rams last year, he looked better than he looked at the Browns. And now with the with the uh, with the Bucks, he looked better than he looked at the Rams. And I commend my boy Bake. We behind you, but keep it together. And you got a long season ahead of you, brother. And it also helps that he has Mike Evans. He's just literally throwing the ball up too. And Mike Evans is trying to get a new deal. So all things just coming together, baby. You know, yeah. it just sometimes it takes a little bit of luck, as we all know. Let's take a quick break. I like what we got going here with Journeyman taking us to grad school. So we're gonna keep this going. More grades after this quick break. All right, we're keeping the grad school going. We got my dog, Bruce Gradkowski in the building. He is an expert at all things coaching and quarterbacking now, which is dope. So, Bruce, I didn't let you go in on Eric Bieniemy, And in the break, you were saying something like he shouldn't get a head coaching job because he's black. So I'm going to let you finish that thought <laughs> here live on air because uh, I, I I, it was rude how I didn't let you expound a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think Eric Bieniemy with what we're seeing in that <clears throat> offense – um, like you're right, Hawk. We came into the season. No one's talking about the commanders. No one's talking about Eric Bieniemy getting an opportunity for a head coaching opportunity. And no one sure sure as hell isn't talking about Sam Howe. 
You know who? Sam Howe? I, I don't know this guy. <laughs> and just watching the film, though, Eric Bieniemy has always done such a good job of getting quarterbacks in a rhythm. I like the quick game. I like some screen passes. I like how he does those things. But the play action, getting shots downfield. And I'll tell you what, watching the film, I'm more and more impressed with Sam Howe. Now, he has to eliminate some of these dumb sacks, he's, dumb sacks he's taken. But the guy stands in there and he delivers the football. He does create some pl plays. He's athletic enough to get out of the way. He does. He reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield. He so does. I'm curious to see how this plays out for Sam Howe. But I think Eric Bieniemy's doing a really fine job running that offense. What they scored more points this weekend uh, than the Commanders have since 2020. So mm. he's doing a really good job, and I'm excited to see what this offense holds because they have a good defense too as well behind them. I knew you would be a Sam Howe guy. You love a good rah-rah <laughs> quarterback, man. That is your style. You want – and I wasn't a like I didn't know him that well. Like I wasn't a fan of him all like that. And then I'm watching his film. I'm like, you know what? This dude's a tough dude. And and I I didn't want to like him, Hawk. I <laughs> you didn't did. want to. You just you couldn't help yourself. All right, we got more grades coming here. Lamar Jackson, what's your grade, Bruce? Let me see where he's at right here. Lamar Jackson, B. B. Okay. I got a B. The only reason it's a B and not an A is because he has to protect that football a little bit more. You know, there's right. too many fumbles right now on things he can't control. Like when he's running the football, put that thing away. Or when he's in the pocket, just tuck it away. I have always loved the competitor Lamar Jackson is. It was, I think, two or three years ago, I'm grading all these throws for PFF, and – I just see it by like, I'm not w watching the TV film. I'm watching a coaching film. So you don't hear anything. You're just watching the game. And I can feel Lamar Jackson's competitiveness, his, his presence through that film. And that's why the hardball leans on him so much when it's fourth down to go for it. I would too. The guy's a football player and you see the dimes he's dropping to Zay flowers Bro. that post down the middle of the field. So He's throwing some really good balls, and then the touchdown over the shoulder with the inside slot fade. I mean, he so he can deliver when he has to, but, man, please give me a quarterback, Hawk, when I'm calling plays that can make plays like he does uh, because he's fun to watch. But I always lean, just like we talked about, about Zach Wilson and the leadership, Lamar Jackson is the total opposite way. Like, if you're a teammate, if you play with them, you love the guy, you want to play for him, you want to play with him. And that's what he brings, and that's what playing quarterback's about. It's not just completing this pass or having the strongest arm. It's about the whole package, and that's Lamar Jackson. So just clean up those those uh, fumbles and yeah. turnover-worthy plays, and Lamar Jackson's an A-plus for me. I, those two throws, the Zay Flowers throw and the uh, slot fade to Aguilar, were literal perfect passes in like yeah. the moments where they needed it most. There was also like a third and three where – they had him basically trapped, and he just did what he does and broke free for like a 10-yard scramble. Like, Lamar, I have him at a B-plus because he had a tough first game as they were like, you know, they were getting some 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 chemistry stuff going. But, yeah, he looked good that last game, and Zay Flowers is about to be a beast. All right, this is a tough one, Juju. I'm going to start with you on this one. Even though it's grad school, I want to hear Juju's perspective here. We got Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. I was told that this was going to fix Russ, and I'm, I'm a Russ fan. I'm a dangerous fan. I, I'll be on TV – uh, caping for him and say he's going to bounce back, but I'm not going to lie, he make, he's, they're making it tough. It hasn't looked as smooth as it should have. When they played against the Commanders on Sunday, 
they did not look like the team who was supposed to have the offensive guru who fixed the quarterback. That looked like the commander. So, Juju, what's your grade for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton right now? We'll, we'll lump them together. I get them boys a D mm. because it's in it's in spurs. I see it in flashes. You feel me? I see Sutton streaming down the field. I, I see I see the 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 skeleton of a great team on in the Broncos. But Mr. Unlimited is not getting it done. Sean Payton is not getting it done. Let, let alone y'all tried the uh, the onside kick last year uh, last week and lost by one game, one point. You feel me? Started the game onside kick, lost by one point. Some of these coaching decisions, I, I know you're the cowboy, you feel me, Sean Payton, but I get them boys a D right now because you got to win some games. We can talk about all this stuff or all these facts about the pieces of what you're doing in the plays or whatever, but two L's is two L's, and you got two of them guys, big brother, and so D. D, yeah, they, <laughs> I feel like they've even playing too safe. Even when they have success, it's just – Right. It feels real predictable. I'm like, it, it's not fixing it if you're just like, hey, just don't do anything stupid. Like, that's not going to win in the NFL. At some point, you got to know when to take the chances. And I don't feel like they're doing that enough, bro. And just think when you were playing hockey, if a coach made you feel that way and was like, hey, just just be careful here. Just don't don't right. turn it over. Like, if you <laughs> please, please catch the football when you get like, how are you, are you talking to me? I'm married to Sierra. Right. You better watch how you talk to me. <laughs> right. Fix your tone, right? Right. <laughs> you would think he used to more pressure on you. Like you got to deal with future being your baby mama. I got like, a lot going on like, off the field. It's so much pressure going on, brother. Come on, man. How do, they fix them? How do they fix them, Bruce? And that's where I was at between a C and a D. So I'm with you, Juju. Um, the thing I see from Russell Wilson is at times, talk like he. He can't see downfield. Like mm. in, in in the movement in Seattle, he creates plays. It's beautiful, but man, there's some plays just delivered from the pocket. It's there, and that's that's going to drive Sean Payton nuts. But you got it. You you have to build around the skill set of your team and your players. And what's Russell Wilson? He likes to move. He likes to be active in that pocket. How can you get him going? Give him some freedom, flexibility. And you'll see him continue to flourish, but it, it's tough, man, because you know Sean Payton's system, man. It's by the book. This is how you do it. Boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom. You know, our man Lance Moore's been in that system for a long time. Um, yeah. But, you know, I just – I think with Russell Wilson at times, just like young quarterbacks, you're trying to do and see too much. Get more detailed on your eyes and your feet and just deliver. Your big plays will naturally come because that's what Russell Wilson can do. And I hope they can fix this, but – uh, it's tough, man. It's tough sledding over there. And the only good thing in Colorado right now is Dion, baby. <laughs> oh, man. That is a fact. Let, let's get a grade for Dion real quick. If it's not A, I'm going to literally cancel your feed right now, Bruce. <laughs> What's your grade on Dion? Let's just get oh, into it. Absolutely A. That, he's a beast, man. I, I love every video I see on him, the way his culture is, what he's feeding those young men. And he says it all the time. He's like, look, winning's not just about winning football games. Not That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about winning in life. I want these guys to do well in school, get good grades, raise a good family, and that's what it's about. And then his resources and what he can bring around that team, it's fun to watch, man. I mean, that game the other night was uh, was fun to watch. And, I mean, Shador, he's a beast. He's going to be a, a big upcoming dude if he if he wins the Heisman this year, even if he doesn't. Uh, he's one in the future we're going to see on Sundays for sure. 
uh, ripping up the league because he's doing a phenomenal job this this week but or this year. But I'll tell you what, Hawk, their offensive coordinator, he was Kent State's head coach previously. He is an off, offensive mastermind. He's doing mm. a really good job. And a little, little nugget for you, you know who also is over there assisting is Pat Shermer on the offensive side. So mm. he, he, that's where I give Prime, Coach Prime, a lot of credit, man. He surrounds himself with good coaches, but in his leadership style, his energy, the way he comes across, man, it, it's great for, for that team. Uh, and it's great for Boulder, Colorado, baby. Juju, are you still on a Dion, the primetime hype train? Man, I'm on the primetime. I'm on the conductor of the primetime <laughs> hype train. Like, bro, how can you look at them and don't like anything going on over there? If you don't like what's going on in Boulder, Colorado, come here to announce, sir, you are a hater. You, ma'am, are a hater. <laughs> I heard people on the show this morning going so far as to saying, why is primetime on 60 Minutes? 60 Minutes to be doing sports. You got to go to 60 Minutes to hate on primetime. You need to look yourself in the mirror and wake up. Splash some water on yourself because it's <laughs> ugly. It's disgusting. It is phenomenal what's going on. And the game, oh, my God. I'm up at 3 o'clock, umpteen o'clock in the morning watching, watching these kids. And it, it, and it delivered. You feel me? So I, I feel like the success has already been had. I know they're going to say, oh, yeah, if he lose to Oregon or lose to USC, that shouldn't be how we grade this, even though that's how they're going to grade this. And side note, the kid who hit Travis Hunter in that uh, in that game, I don't understand ejection. I don't I'm not the uh, NCAA purist on the rules, but how can you not get ejected for something intentionally that uh, gets uh, sliced somebody's liver or whatever the word is? He's yeah. out for a couple of weeks. I don't understand this, but salute to Dion, salute to Shador. I love it all. You feel me? I love it all. <laughs> My favorite thing about Dion is that I think he's. I'm not, I mean, everybody understands, but he's turning college football over on its head. College football for athletes is such a, a, a bullshit process. I'm not even kidding. I didn't even enjoy college football. I'll be honest with you. It was not because there's so much politics. There is so much fake. There is so much mind games. There is so like and it's like this whole facade that I think the majority of college football coaches subscribe to. And even the coaches you saw that were successful in college that went to the league and quickly came back, those are the biggest culprits because it's really hard to kind of pull that wool over pro players' eyes. And in college, it's like the it's always been taboo to be honest with players. And I don't I don't know if I've ever seen a coach as honest as Dion. This doesn't mean he's he's doing all the things that I agree with. He came in right, and basically right. took the scholarships of 50 players. Typically, where I'm like my positioning and who I am and who I've always been, I think that's wrong. Now, this is a completely different landscape with NIL, but he came out and he said, hey, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you can play here. And if you're the kind of player that hears that and says, all right, I'm leaving, then we definitely don't want you here. You know, and, right. and again, it's like there's certain like a transparency to it that I understand it and it makes sense. But typically coaches don't come out and be honest about that. I think that's what has a lot of coaches upset is because he's saying things and doing things that they would be, you know, crucified for. But it's because their whole thing is like dishonesty. It's trying to create this narrative and positioning yourself as some bigger than life figure where Dion is like, oh, I'm who I am. I'm prime time. I've always been prime time. I'm not talking any different now than I talked 30 years ago. And you're going to have to get with it or get lost. 
And with the success, just becomes more and more haters. But to your point, Jude, to your point, Bruce, I love it. And I think we all love it. Colorado somehow is now America's team. It's fun to watch. Like, who doesn't wait for these games to tune into? I mean, it's the number one game on television. It's the hottest. Everybody was saying they stayed up. Like, I can't believe I'm staying up to watch Colorado. I didn't stay up. I went to sleep. I don't give a damn. (laughs) I don't care if uh, Obama was coaching Colorado. I'm not staying up to watch it. I I got my rest. That's too late. Hawk, Hawk, this is a good question for you because you're, you're like just good with these things, but Who's the ne- who tries to duplicate this? How do you duplicate this? Where like where does college football go from here? Because this is such a like he's a Hall of Famer. His, his persona, his presence, it's so strong and good. Like his leadership style, like it, it's just fun to watch. But I kept thinking about that too because the, all the excitement he's building over there, it's kind of like what other college can get you can't. ahead of this and and try. It. It's impossible. It's impossible. People right. will try. And it, it will be unsuccessful. And, you know, I, I'll say this before we take a quick break. Primetime as a player was a one-of-one. One. That's why he was special. He changed the game. Everything you're seeing from athletes today came from Prime. And it's not indirect. It's directly. They're following the exact same playbook that he created from day one. And this is the kind of things you can do when you are probably the best athlete ever. That There's nothing this dude couldn't do. And it's like this perfect – I always say about Michael Jordan – Everything aligned for him to be Michael Jordan, like the person who was perfectly positioned for it, found the thing that he was the greatest at, and everything just kind of fell into place. I feel that way about Dion. Dion is not just being like, oh, I'm bored, so I'm going to get in. Dion has always loved coaching. Dion has been a coach. When Dion was in the league and my older brother was a young player, he would fly the corners down to Texas so he could teach them and show them while he was playing. So being a teacher is always who he is. And this is before the pass rush boot camp that Von Miller did. Or you see it all now. This is this is all things that Dion created. And so now you have a person with the perfect personality who understands football. And it's funny watching people laugh at him about anything as if some weird world that you can tell Dion something that he doesn't know about the game of football. This is one of the best players ever to pick up the pigskin. So you can try to duplicate it. You will fall short. Dion is one of one, and we'll see what the effects are in college football. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we got a couple more grades before we get up out of here on Journeyman. Yes, y'all. And we don't stop. All right, we talked about Dion. We, you know, he's changing the game. We got some more grades coming from my guy, Bruce Gradkowski, as we take everyone to grad school here on Journeyman. Last week, we had Joe Thomas in the building, and that felt good. I think I, I think we got to drill into that a little bit more. And obviously, my man Jew is always going to be back, and Bruce Gradkowski will be back as well. All right, Bruce, next grade that I got for you, Mike McDaniel. Give me a grade here. A plus. A plus plus. <laughs> a, a plus plus. I mean, just his uh, halftime interview the other night gave him an extra plus i mean you you tell me <laughs> i'm laughing just watching him talk and then he just looks at the camera and just sprints off like the dude is fun like one of one but i just said dion was a one of one and now i'm wrong mike mcdaniel <laughs> is the equivalent on the nfl side to dion on the college football they are their own people that you cannot duplicate if you've ever been around mike mcdaniel it would not ever give you oh this is an nfl head coach until you hear him talk ball <laughs> And then you realize, yeah. oh, no, nah, this dude is a, a savant. 
Well, I was going to say, he coached you. You were with him. Give us a story because that dude is fun. Like, I just love hearing him talk because you said, like, he's a mastermind. Mm-hmm. But the way he comes across, too, it's so funny and, like, a carelessness about him. And it's just, it, it resonates well with me. Mike McDaniel is the weirdest head coach in the history of the NFL. And it is <laughs> the reason why he is so successful. When he was a my receiver coach, and this is like, I'm 28 years old. I had been in the league in a while, and I, I am a student of the game. I read everything. I study everything. Like, I didn't want anything to be out there that I wasn't privy to. And when I got to Mike, everything that I thought, he was like, okay, no, that's wrong. We're going to change everything. And I was like, you are out of your mind. You just paid me a bunch of money, and I'll be damned if I'm going to do some experiments while I'm getting paid <laughs> to put that in jeopardy. And so it took a little while for me to trust him, but he was basically, his whole philosophy is there are certain rules that everybody in football follows, and they have for 60 years. And these aren't little rules. These are, like, guaranteed. Imagine someone trying to reprogram your mind to say when you see a a, a red stop sign, go. That means go. Your mind wouldn't be able to do it because all you've been told is red means stop. Right. And so what Mike does is he breaks down every single one of these rules that he knows are absolutes in football. And he thinks of a way to break them. So he's that meticulous. He is a brilliant person. He went to Yale. Right. This is a a truly he should be a scientist somewhere, but he loves football. And so as he kind of broke down every little piece of receiver play for me, it was like, yo, this actually makes so much sense. And once I was like, okay, I'm all in. Let's see what it get. Let's see what see what see what it's made of, I had my career year. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody has their career years, multiple years. Every position he touches, the guys that are at that position have their best years because he understands it that much. And I think the thing that separated, the thing that was the difference maker in him, like viewing himself as the head coach and being a head coach was he has a quirky personality. And it was always him trying to fit in this box. Um, as much as he could to like feel like other NFL coaches felt. And it wasn't until probably in the 2016, 17 years where he was like, yo, I'm just going to be me and people can get with that or they can't. But ultimately if I'm good at ball, I know plays, I get career years out of everyone. What the hell can they say to me if the results are there? And that's what you're seeing. He's in the middle of a battle with the greatest coach in NFL history at halftime and he's still being himself. And that's why his players in the locker room love him. And slowly but surely, the rest of the world is falling in love with the dude. But, but he was – and he was thrashing that defense. Too. Thrashing it. I mean, like the runs were like, why don't – like he's scheming it up. And it's just – and Hawk, what, whose wedding was that? Was that your wedding? That was my wedding. I, I, and he's sitting there. He looks like he's like 18 years old. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's my receiver's coach. And I'm like, wait, what? Juju, Juju. He came to my wedding. <laughs> Now, first off, he like he pressured me into inviting him to my wedding. I signed with the Browns <laughs> in in April. My wedding is in June. I don't know this dude. He's not on my invitation list. He finds out I'm getting married. He'd be like, "Man, that'd be really cool to come to that wedding, man." I'm like, "Yeah, that, yeah, we'll have a good time." And he just kept texting me like, "Yeah, so I hope you have a good time at the wedding." I know I would have a good time at your wedding. Um, so eventually, I was like, "Yo, man, you want to come to my wedding?" He's like, "Yep." Sounds good. I already got my suit. See you there. He danced for four straight hours, Juju. I'm talking about did not take a seat. He was drenched in sweat. Everyone was like, yo, who is that dude that never left the dance floor? And I went, if I could go back, I'd be like, that is the future 
head coach of the Miami Dolphins down there I sh- I sh- doing a stanky leg like you've never seen in your life. <laughs> I should have been nicer at dinner because we yep. sat by each other. And you didn't say a word Damn. to him. Now look at you. Th- you that's probably be why I'm on the journey, man, and I'm not on the Miami <laughs> exactly. Dolphins. Instead of breaking down film for week three. All right, we got a couple more grades here, and I want to hear you. Dak Prescott. And also throw Mike McCarthy in there because I think he's done a good job. But let me get your grade for Dak Prescott so far, Bruce. Well, Dak to me, Dak, Dak's a B. I think okay. he's doing a good job. That team around him is really good. Dak just makes some – he's still inaccurate at times. Uh, but I, I love Dak. I love the leader he is. I love his presence, what he brings to that team. And M- Mike McCarthy, this is the one I'm going to be a little different. Mike McCarthy's an A. I mean, you got, mm. you have to give McCarthy – credit to have the confidence to say you know what I'm not going to go down with someone else calling my my offense because offense is what I know so even though Kellen Moore does a good job and he's had a good career as a coach so far Mike McCarthy had to say you know what I'm going to take over the reins of play calling because this is what I know this is what I do and it's worked out for them pretty well the first two games uh, but this is a good football team all around, all around, and to have Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator, yeah, that doesn't hurt one bit at all. Juju, what you got? What's your grade for Dak Prescott? And can can he take him? Can he win a Super Bowl? Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott, Juju? They can win a Super Bowl with Dak. Will they win a Super Bowl with Dak? Is a completely different answer question entirely, mm-hmm. because at times they look like the Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys. But then there are glimpses of him. I don't know. He he thinking on too much on the spot or whatever it is. He don't trust himself. I don't know what it is. But I don't see the fully formed quarterback that Jerry sees. Jerry Jerry say everything right whenever he he win a game. Jerry like, oh man, he he taking so much control over the locker room and all this since they winning games. You feel me? And that's how I feel with them. As long as they getting them Ws. I trust them, but as soon as them L's start piling up in Dallas, that's when they start turning on each other, crabs in the barrel, I ain't getting enough balls this way, see the Atlanta, I don't know what's going on. I don't you know what. So, <laughs> it, all right, Michael Parsons is a big part of the Cowboys' success, right? You've seen the way he made Zach Wilson look. We've seen the way he made Daniel Jones yeah. look, which I had him on a grade list, but I don't think we'll get to him. Is Michael Parsons the best non-quarterback player in the You know, I throw quarterbacks in there. Is Michael Parsons the best player in the NFL right now. I, I I can't hop on that being the best player in the NFL. So who's better than him? I mean, Aaron Whoa. Donald would like a word. I'm not saying he's I'm not arguing. Him, I, like I, AD is my boy. I want to hear who you think yeah. is better than Micah Parsons. Trent Williams would like a word. Uh, that might be Cap. Trent Williams is very good. But it's hard yeah. for a tackle to affect the game the way Mike. So just position alone, like, Trent Williams okay. might be as good at tackle as Micah Parsons is at linebacker slash, you know, rush in or whatever he is. But to but affect like, the game, that's right. tough. But like Patrick Mahomes, like it, it's hard for me. And it's just hard for me to go against a quarterback saying the best player. But is a game wrecker, game changer? Absolutely. Like I watch the games with the Steelers and I see TJ Watt, like he'll have a sack fumble. At a perfect time in a, in a game, <laughs> right in field right. goal range for the Steelers to kick and win a field goal. This was like last year. Mm-hmm. That's what Micah Parsons does. So I wait mean, a minute, wait a minute. And this is we're, we got about 45 seconds here until we're out. Are you saying that TJ Watt is better than Micah Parsons? No, but okay. I'm saying TJ Watt's a <laughs> game breaker as well, he though. Is. He is. A lot <laughs> of game Parsons breakers. is a beast. All right, so we, we, we didn't get an answer out of either spot. one of you. Um, <laughs> which is weak. We don't do that here it's on it. Journeyman. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
All right, that does it for this episode of Journeyman. Shout out to my dog, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, for joining us here. Shout out to Juju Gotti, ATL Shorty. Make sure you journey back next week. We'll be back here, same time, same place. And until then, must be the money. Thank you.